1: This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific time on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy
2: the show. Boom. Out of the gate I go. I'm a money guy. I see the world through... I don't want to say rose-colored glasses, maybe slightly green-tinted glasses for the color of money. Everything I see, everything I do, it comes back to money in some way, shape, and or form. So, that's me. It could be Obama and healthcare, and how much it's going to cost we, the taxpayers. I could do the social angle. Oh, we want healthcare for all people. We're a 21st century society. But no, that's not the show I do. I'm not political. I'm not social commentary. I'm money. So I'll tell you, Obama's talking health care reform with his Senate colleagues today. And what's it mean for you and me? I got Edgar Allan Poe today. I got some weird facts on Edgar Allan Poe. The Raven. How about those store credit cards? You know, the Macy's stores, the Target stores, where you go, and they say, do you want to see an extra 10% if you purchase your credit card today? You can get 10% off. There's a story on that. Again, another spa- a story about we Americans going to space. Space tourism going to be the next big industry? Maybe? I don't think so. It's not going to be the next dot com. It's not going to be the next, you know, music industry like the iPod, how it revolutionized things. But yeah, I got a good story for today. And a lot of the stories kind of interlink with each other in funny ways. Remember last week Comcast and NBC? Um, there's a really good article today in the New York Times talking about how NBC employees are saying, we're a little bit bummed out. We we are B. NBC, National Broadcasting Corporation. Broadcast. Not narrowcast. Comcast is a narrowcast. It gets in a number of homes. It's not out there for all the world to see. But there's a good article in today's uh, New York Times about how NBC employees are feeling a little jaded. A little bit like, eh, we kind of oppose this. Now, ultimately, what Comcast is trying to do is save broadcasting. I know it doesn't seem like it, but more and more eyeballs are going towards the Internet, which we'll call a narrow cast for right now. More and more eyeballs are going onto to cable channels, which we'll call more narrow casting. My top three favorite TV shows are all HBO or Showtime shows. They're not ABC, NBC, or CBS shows. I don't like commercials. I hit that point in my life where I just don't like commercials. I don't know about you, but I hate them. They annoy me. So when the DVR and the TiVo came out with that bleep, 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 where you can fast-forward through commercials a few years ago, I was like, that's heaven. That's heaven. That truly is. It changes the way you watch watch television. TiVo, I once thought it stood for television in, video out. It doesn't stand for that, but... Long story short, people got angry at me for having that opinion because TiVo enthusiasts, they're fanatics. By the way, be careful out there, ladies and gentlemen. It's 40 degrees out there and there's some ice on some bridges, so be careful. Anyway, um, NBC, narrowcasting. Now, I think Comcast has got the right idea. They're driving a technology solution where they're going to get content from NBC. And they're going to blend it with their Comcast on-demand content. They're going to leverage a force adoption of these initiatives. It's pretty interesting to watch. One big loser in potentially NBC slash Comcast relationship, one big loser would be none other than Apple. Apple over the weekend said they bought Lala. That's neither here nor there. I'll get to that in a moment. But one big loser would be Apple because Apple wants ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox to give them their TV shows. And then they're going to start a cable channel called Apple TV for 30 bucks a month. But if NBC says they're out of it, are you likely to do a cable channel for 30 bucks a month if it's not going to have your favorite NBC shows like 30 Rock? Probably not as much so. So watching this just evolve and change, it's just fantastic. A Comcast-NBC merger would make iTunes subscription of NBC content a lot less likely. Now keep in mind, Disney has a relationship with Pixar. Pixar used to be owned by Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs runs Apple. Apple, Steve Jobs, is the largest shareholder in Disney. So in theory, a content relationship with Disney would be pretty easy. It'd be a shoo-in, right? So Comcast maybe is trying to block Disney slash Apple more so than they are trying to... Because if you were to do a $30 subscription for any TV show that you want anytime you want, you might be able to say, screw this, let's drop cable TV, which is $60, 70 80 $90 bucks a month. You get the idea. So again, let me, let me go backwards a little bit. Apple. And again, I'm a business guy and you can call the show 800-345-5639 or you can email rob at robblack.com. Don't email me stock questions. I can't answer them. I don't know enough about you. I don't know your age, your income, your assets, your liabilities, your time frame, your risk suitability, your risk experience. So I can't answer stock questions by email. But if you want to, if you say, hey, comment on the stock in the air, I'll do my best. Keep in mind, I want a 10 hour listener club. I want you to listen for 10 hours a week for those of you who do. I guarantee you, you'll get to retirement before people who don't. That's my pledge on this show, getting you to retirement. Get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. So Apple, which I don't own shares right now of Apple personally. My family does knowing that I'm consulting or talking to own shares of Apple, but Apple's confirmed that they agreed to buy Lala, an online music streaming service based in Palo Alto. Now, Lala does something kind of different. With Lala, they've got access to 8 million strong songs in the library. And you can listen to a song once for free. So let's say you want to hear a killer song. Type in the killers and you see, oh my gosh, there's 35 songs. Let's say you pick Only Human. You can listen to it once for free. Free. And then if you want to listen to it again on the stream, it's 10 cents for the rest of the life. Or if you want to download it, it's 79 cents. Now, Apple's basically trying to say, in my opinion, that the streaming thing's going to catch on. That this whole integrated, full-song streaming into iTunes, it opens up possibilities for a Pandora-like streaming radio on anything you can run on iTunes. iPhone, iPod, Mac systems. Now, typically, I think Steve Jobs is a little bit smarter than me, so he's probably another step ahead of me on this. But ultimately, he's saying, our iTunes store, where you can download it and own it, It's not the only business model out there. Perhaps there's this advertising supported free or perhaps this 10 cents if you only listen to it on stream and you don't download it and you don't own it and you can't transfer it amongst devices. Or maybe they're saying we see them as competition. Let's kill the competition. Let's put them out of business. Something that I love, love about businesses. It's sexy. It's sexy like Evelyn Taft. Now, let's keep talking about content and things that, you know, apply to our life. Number one movie in America, once again, showing us that we have no taste. Sandra Bullock's tearjerker, The Blind Side. The little kid dies at the end of the movie. Okay, actually, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't even know if that's true or false. But I wanted to discourage people from spending 20, 30 bucks on the blind side. About this super giant high school kid who plays football and, I don't know, maybe his heart's too big and he dies from having a big heart. But it's a tear jerker. And supposedly it gets people wanting to watch football again. I don't quite know, but it blew past the movie New Moon. New Moon, obviously the, the TV the the vampire movie book based series that teenage girls love because a lot of young guys with six pack abs, which for the record they're painted on. They're really not in that good a shape. Just so you know that that's 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 paint. People, don't be silly. If you ever watch Dancing with the Stars, that's paint too. They paint those guys up so that they look a little bit tighter than they actually are. Anyway. Neither here nor there. Uh, big movie this weekend was Warner Brothers' Santa Tear tearjerker, The Blind Side. You know what's interesting is the movie that I'm looking forward to. They're saying it's kind of an anti-Christmas movie. It's it's um, Paramount's Up in the Air. Now Up in the Air is, is 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 George Clooney. Basically, he fires a lot of people, and it, it, probably over Christmas he's going to learn that he his job is going to be downsized or something. It's going to be something like that, right? That's going to be the twist. But they say this is a great American movie, and it's slowly starting to ramp out and it's starting to get out there. But Paramount makes up an air, and Warner Brothers makes uh, blindside. What's that tell you? Media is controlled by very few hands, because Warner Brothers is part of Time Warner. Paramount is owned by NBC Universal, which is part of GE. You kind of see that there's just not that many options when we turn left or right. Now, you know, again, let's go back in time for just uno momentero. Remember I was talking about cable being kind of a bullet shot where we're watching more shows on cable television. It's gaining more in popularity because cable can use curse words. They don't have to say frickin' fracking. They could say the F bomb. There's an episode of Nip Tuck recently where a girl wanted to look like Barbie. Nip Tuck's one of those well-written shows, but poorly executed shows where it looks cheesier than it is. But it's, it's basically, it was an analogy of how our society, you know, has become so sexified and how Barbie had no sex at all. Anyway, they showed the woman's full-on breasts because ultimately the plastic surgeon was in charge of taking off her nipples and her areolas and, and basically making them skin-colored. So they showed her full-on nude front body, but because there was no nipples and areolas, you could show it on cable. Crazy, right? Like, that stuff would never get through on NBC, ABC. Maybe it would because we once saw Sipowitz's butt on, um... Uh, L.A. Law, not L.A. Law, but uh, NYPD Blue uh, or whatever N.Y. City Blue show it was. Anyway, um, where am I going with this? Where am I going with this? So cable can get away with murder. And I think our society, we don't want fun with Dick and Jane anymore. So Monk, the TV show on USA Networks, listen to this. I've never seen an episode. I hear it's a great show to get on DVD. It ended an eight season run on Friday. It had nine million viewers for their final episode. That's not only a record for the show, but it's a record for any basic cable drama show. And I I throw that out there because, again, what's happening with broadcast television, it's dying. Our eyeballs are going away from it because it's not cutting edge like True Blood on HBO. It's not cutting edge like Dexter on Showtime. It's not cutting edge like Nip Tuck on FX. 800-345-5639. To get your calls there. It's 800-345-5639. It's rub. At robblack.com, if you want to give me an email, call the show, 800-345-569, 9, 10 a.m. Rob Black Show, more to Talk. Do this show dedicated to getting you to retirement. That's really my goal. If you had to put a gun to my head, that would probably be my mission statement, but that's really not all that I do. First and foremost, I try to infotain, i.e. give you entertainment, but that's informative and edu- educational. I think we we seriously lacked this in high school. So... I do it from 10 to noon. I think this time slot's killing me. I hate this time slot. I do it because it's the best time slot I can get on the station. But I would love that 3 to 7 in the afternoon. I'm not politically oriented. Never really have been, never really will be. I believe politics should be run from a local level and not a national level. I think the problems of the different states vary greatly. And to assume that a politician nationwide can fix it, I think it's silly bazilli. I don't think it's appropriate. I don't think it's right. So my boss has put me in charge of coming up with a quote-unquote mission statement. And we came up with a mission statement, Heidi and myself, we see ourselves as a team. When I quit, she quits. When she quits, I quit. We're kind of stuck together. I don't like working with a lot of people. I'm a lone wolf, and she's one of the people that respects me as a lone wolf and gives me my distance. So anyway, we came up with this mission statement. Rob Black is an expert in money. Clear Channel is making us do this. And it's an exercise in stupidity. It's an exercise in... In in vanity. It's management trying to show you that they know something that talent doesn't. It's management trying to justify their paycheck. It's sick. So Rob Black is an expert in money and media with an extensive knowledge of in, and interest in all things Gen X, which is the backbone of his wise, cracking, whip-smart radio show. In 2010, The Rob Black Show will strive for show ratings and show sales to be number one and be the best live local talk radio show in the Bay Area, hopefully by winning an award of some type. I want the talk show host of the year award, and it's typically voted on right about now, and it's going to go to Ron Owens. You know why it's going to go to Ron Owens? Because he works for KGO, and everyone knows KGO's got this big blowtorch of people who are 80 to 100 who are about to die. But that's who listens to AM radio, or that's who we assume listens to AM radio. Now, I'm much bigger than AM radio. I'm podcasting. podcast can be found at talk910.com, talk910.com. So anyway, we come up with that mission statement. He writes back. He goes, (laughs) no, take another crack at it. He goes, the goal, it's like McDonald's where a Big Mac tastes the same in Brussels as it does in Belmont. Consistent product. That's not a mission statement. That's not, that's, that's not even a sentence. So I'm getting advice from my manager who can't even structure a sentence correctly. Now, smart, sassy, kinky, savvy, edgy, quirky, confident, inquisitive, audacious. Financial sense with twist. Maybe that's my mission statement. I hate this. I have better things to do than a freaking mission statement in my life. For instance, I look at the news as it rolls out. You know how the AIG got into all this big problems, the United States government and big problems in the financial credit world. AIG, big insurance company. A lot of you own AIG products and you don't even know it. AIG is that big in the world of insurance. Well, a couple of executives, five of them, in fact, have threatened to quit. They're tired of the United States government paysar saying, "You tell us what our compensation is." They don't like that. So, they've put out on December 1 written notices that they're prepared to leave by year-end. Two of them changed their minds over the weekend, so three of them ultimately. AIG, which was propped up by the government with some $180 billion in taxpayer funds, has been sparring with the Obama administration's paysar, guy named Kenneth Feidenberg, over compensation agreements. Now, even chief executive Robert Moshe, reportedly threatened to quit last month in part because he did not have discretion over pay packages for top executives. Weinberg has cut average compensation for the 25 best paid employees at the companies. received multiple bailouts, setting guidelines for pay at least the next 75. Now, what's interesting to note is that's an industry that, it's not like car salesmen. Let's say you're a car salesman for Toyota and they say, we're going to give you $200 for every car that you sell and for every set of uh, mats you sell, we're going to give you an extra 10 bucks. Okay. Or if the whole ticket we're going to give you 5% of the whole ticket. So if you can upgrade their sale from 20,000 to 40,000, we are give you 5% of the whole ticket. Now, it would be like Toyota saying, same the financial industry works the same way. Somebody in the financial industry, California needs 14 billion dollars. And let's say I work for AIG and I broker a deal between California and 14 billion dollars from a private financer in say Saudi Arabia. I get 5% of the deal. That's the way the business goes. So the United States government's coming in and says, no, 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 no. You get $100,000 a year. I'm going to say, screw you. I'm going to go to another company that's going to pay me 5% of the deal because I'm a rainmaker. What's in it for me? Long story short, Obama's public play of making sure that we beat these guys and make sure that they don't get too much compensation, it's hurting. The very same company that we're trying to save. It's hurting the very same economy that we're trying to to recoup and and recover. So anyway, I just throw that out there because there are no right answers. Do I want Wall Street bankers to make less money? Yeah, of course I do. But do I think it's realistic and do I think it's smart for business? I don't. And I know you don't have a bleeding heart for someone who makes $12, 13000000 million. I know you don't. But I can tell you that they help the world economies run based on boy meeting girl. State needs money. Where's the state going to get the money from? We're a laughing joke. You wouldn't lend the state money, would you? Now with its $40 billion plus do, uh, forty billion plus dollar deficit. No way. So anyway, let's stay on politics for uno momentaro. Another one of those plans that didn't quite work the way we wanted it to was more than one quarter of homeowners receiving help under the United States government foreclosure prevention plan are behind on their new pay- payments. So we did these home modifications. And already, 25% of people who've been modified are back underwater and back not being able to pay their bills. Some 650,000 borrowers are participating in the trial phase of the Obama Administration's Home Affordable Modification Program, which was a $75 billion taxpayer-financed product program launched this year. Most Most home loan modifications results in lower monthly payments. So what we're seeing is three months after they're modified Somewhere between three months and five months, 25% are already falling behind again. We're trying to fix the problem by putting a band-aid on a gusher. It's not helping. Another big issue that we're going to have to deal with. Coming up, at 10.30, Evan Lowe, Mayor of Campbell, who blew us off on Friday. Not really. His scheduler didn't give him the message. I'm not going to throw him under the bus, but I probably should. What's interesting about him is Mayor of Campbell, he's Asian. He's 27 or 26 years old. That's kind of pretty odd, right there. Oh, and he's gay. Oh, and to me, the one that's even stranger, he's a student and he's a mayor. What student has the cojones to run for city council? And what city council has the cojones to put up a 27 year old kid? Is he prepared for this? We're going to ask him. I like the city of Campbell, by the way. Anyway, President Barack Obama. On Sunday, he paid a rare visit to the Senate. He's urging them to overcome their differences on health care reform and pass legislation. Amongst the sticking points for some Democrats in the Senate is the creation of a government-administered public option for health insurance and provisions related to abortion. Linked by Joe Biden, vice president and senior aides, Mr. Obama met Democrats for 45 minutes. The Senate's holding weekend sessions to try to get a final vote before Christmas on the legislation that would expand coverage to more than 46 million uninsured Americans and try to introduce more competition between insurers to bring down costs. Here's the kicker. This is a beautiful idea, but we don't know the ramifications of it, and our government tends to run into things and, like, we got to get this done, we got to get this done, we got to get this done. And we tend to put politicians in charge of figuring it out when, let's face it, they're good at raising money, they're good at smiling, they're good at keeping uh, putting promises out there they don't keep, They're not necessarily good at problem solving, but they're working on Saturdays and on Sundays at this point in time because they're trying to get it done before Christmas. If they don't get it done before Christmas, it's probably not going to get done. They want to put it behind them when it's time to get reelected in November of 2010. Now, Joe Lieberman, an independent senator who usually votes with the Democrats, he's been adamantly opposed to the public auction. He said, quote, he thought it was interesting, unquote, that Mr. Obama had not mentioned the measure. Harry Reid, Senate leader for the Democrats, said that no one should read too much in the absence of the proposal from the Mr. Obama's words. Democrats have a chance to write history. They have a chance to get out initiatives that they've been waiting to get out since the 1970s. And so far, they're blowing it. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. We've got to figure out a way to get more phone calls on the air. You figure it out for me. 800 345 It's Rob Black Show. You can find me at robblack.com or you can email me at rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. You're listening 9, 10 a.m. You can get a copy of the podcast of the show at talk910.com, talk910.com. More stimulating talk. Black Show, I'm Rob Black. Campbell, California has always been a very young, trendy city. Thirty-five years old is the average age of someone living in Campbell. That's a pretty young age. It lives in the shadow of San Jose, and they've done something, I think, unique, momentous, historic, I think groundbreaking. And it reflects what I hope is going to be the 21st century of politics, in large part giving younger people a voice in politics. Joining me now is Evan Lowe. He's the mayor of Campbell. 26 years old. How's it feel to be a mayor?
3: Uh, It's a exciting experience, Rob. Uh, Certainly there are great challenges ahead of us, but uh, I'm uh, up for the great work we
2: have. Now, I started the segment just by saying it's great to see someone under the age of 40 who's not a career politician, someone who represents people under the age of 40, because a lot of what politics is doing is for people 40 and over who are, quote-unquote, the voters per se.
3: Right. And if you've reported on many times before, these there are major issues that people my generation need to care about, issues like Social Security. We are paying into a system in which we know that we aren't going to get back at this particular point in time. Uh, aging issues, all of these various things that will affect us down the line, not only now, but in the future as well.
2: I've often said, and I, I spoke with the uh, mayor of San Jose, Chuck Reed, I said, why don't you run for governor? You seem to run a great city. And he goes, ah, California is ungovernable. And I kind of agree, Evan. I, I want to be, be a mayor myself. I want to run for mayor of San Carlos down the road, but you got to be on the city council. You don't really run for mayor, so it's a little bit bogus, but I, I get the idea. Um, change on the local level is really what it's all about.
3: People really feel the type of impacts on the local level, as you already mentioned, uh, whether it be the streets or the schools, uh, even the libraries. At the state level and the federal level, folks can generally live day-to-day um, feeling like they haven't had any major impact. But On the local level, um, people really see the difference. Um, so certainly people want to get their services um, day-to-day.
2: So what's was the toughest challenge? I, think, I saw that you ran for councilman uh, and failed at one point. You ran a second time. You got in. What's been the biggest challenge? Is it raising money? Is it overcoming the age perception? What's the biggest challenge for young people to get into politics?
3: I think the biggest challenge, first and foremost, is that uh, politics is oftentimes seen as something that um, is dirty or perhaps is a challenge that young people typically don't want to get involved in. Uh, young people have told me that, they don't feel like people can relate to one another. Um, but the biggest challenge for me was uh, my youth and that perception of not enough experience. So that was the major challenge.
2: Now, city councilman, that's not really a, a sexy job, is it, Evan? You're, you're hearing a lot about dog parks. You're hearing a lot about zoning issues. You're hearing a lot of people mad at their neighbors. It's not sexy, is it?
3: You know, the, the definition of sexy, I would say, is not um, one that's sitting in a meeting for a couple of hours talking about the effects of tree sap to public safety as it hardens on the sidewalk, uh, it, it becomes a public safety hazard because people can walk over and trip on it. Uh, that's not particularly sexy, but it's one that must be done.
2: Okay, I, I'm with you. Now, to get into city council I understand that it's a running process And you said you know the barrier to entry is really the age and convincing people of the hard work that you're willing to do how about the city council you're probably sitting with people twice your age what sort of work did you have to do to get them convinced that you were prepared to be a mayor
3: well I think it's about um, having a diverse perspective uh, representing our city, as you mentioned too, our average age is 35 years old. We're one of the youngest cities in the county. In addition, uh, over 50% of our residents uh, are renters. So we have a lot of ten occupied very mobile individuals, newer families. So the perspective I bring is I know what it's like to not be able to afford a single-family home on my income, for example, in the 50s that I lived in, uh, whereas my fellow colleagues perhaps pr- purchased their homes when it was $50,000, much more, uh, quote-unquote, affordable at that time. So I think understanding that perspective is important.
2: What do you do from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m.? What's your day look like, Evan, as mayor of, of Campbell?
3: Well, right now during these tough economic times, um, much of my time is spent on making sure that we can uh, balance our budget, um, prevent uh, the impact of the cuts that we have to continue to make um, and maintain the quality of life uh, for our citizens in Campbell. So it's constantly uh, meeting with uh, staff and also going out into the community and talking to local businesses and asking them how we can play a part in making them successful.
2: What advice would you give someone who wants to run, who wants to change their lives? Because you're a college student, Evan, so you're busy. I And yet you have time for city council and yet you have time to be mayor. What advice would you give someone like uh, make sure you have enough money, make sure you have enough time, make sure you're, you're willing to shake people's hand. What, what advice would you give someone? Because it's a challenge in this day and age to do everything that you're doing.
3: Well, maybe perhaps they should uh, listen and uh, to the Rob Black Show and maybe also watch on Cloud 4 and get some advice. I think it's really important, uh, all joking aside, to uh, be intelligent and be informed. Know the issues. Uh, if folks um, have a sense that their representatives know the issues, then everything else is secondary.
2: Evan, you're pulling my leg. You don't really listen to my show and watch my show, do you?
3: I, I watch you on Cloud 4. I have you on TV, so watch out.
2: Okay, okay. Is there anything I could do to help you? If, is there, if you ever want to come up with an outreach program to teach people about money, if there's ever anything that you fantasize about that I can help with, you let me know, okay, Evan?
3: I will be sure to do so. Thanks so very much.
2: So there's no problem with that. Now, what's the next level for you, Evan? Do you go from mayor to, do you, do you go something on the state level, or are you just going to be happy being Evan Lowe uh, down the road?
3: You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy and passionate about the work that I do, whether it be community-based organizations, uh, work in advocacy, work in government. Uh, I really enjoy helping people because you can see tangible results and represent individuals on a great, large level. So that's my passion, and I'm focused on that right now. But certainly there are challenges uh, ahead of us, um, but if I don't step up to the plate, uh, someone else will, and uh, we all need to play our part.
2: I Evan, I give you a lot of props. I think you're probably one of my coolest guests that I've ever had on because you've done something groundbreaking, um, something truly unique. You're you're an openly gay man. Um, you've put yourself out there. You've said, I'm going to run for politics for better, for worse. I'm going to win or lose, but I'm going to try to make a change. Um, in the homosexual community, you're considered pretty wildly popular for it as as far as an advocate. Is that tough to be? an advocate for the people? Because honestly, Evan, you got to have some bad days as well.
3: Well, absolutely. Um, It it is a a huge honor, um, but at times it can be overwhelming. Um, I can't tell you how many messages on Facebook and in my public email accounts from people all over the country and even all over the world who have mentioned to me that they are uh, gay as well and that they need some assistance, they need some advice on how to come out, whether it be losing jobs. You know, in in many states, over 30 states, you can still be fired for being gay. And some individuals ask some advice on how they can be themselves, how they can truly be true to themselves, and yet um, have this struggle as it relates to the discrimination that still exists in our society.
2: Again, thanks for being with me, Evan Lowe. It's Evan Lowe. He's the mayor of Campbell, California. It's a huge honor, a huge prestige. If there's any charitable event or if there's any public program you want me to help with, I'll gladly help out because I'm I'm inspired by your story. I think it's a great story for people under the age of 40. And I think it's pretty cool that you're an openly gay man. And um, again, kicking down doors, that's that's tough to do in this day and age. But people under 40 will support you. People over 40, you're going to have a little bit more uh, work to do with, so to speak, because they tend to stay the same as it always was. Thanks very much, Evan.
3: Hey, thanks so much, Rob. Appreciate it.
2: And anytime you need to get a message out, give me give my show a call, and I'll get the message out for you. And thanks very much. It's Evan Lowe. He's the mayor of Campbell, California. City Council just promoted him to vice mayor, one-year term, uh, 38,000 residents in Silicon Valley City. Um, he's the king of of San of Campbell. I was going to ask him if he's got any ideas of invading San Jose, but Campbell's a small city compared to San Jose, and I don't want him to steal my platform of invading another city. He grew up in San Jose, but eight years ago he moved to Campbell, with his, where his father, Dr. Arthur Lowe, is an optometrist and sits on the Chamber of Commerce. Seriously, people, if you want to see something pretty cool in your, your own city, in your own community, I live in San Carlos, and the Chamber of Commerce is, is whoo, boy. And then you get into the council, and like you said, you know, you're studying tree sap and how it gets on sidewalks and people can trip over it. That's not sexy work, but I assure you, Evan will be able to open up a dog park or shut down a dog park. He'll be able to change the people's lives in his neighborhood, in his neighborhood, in his community, more so than you or I can do. And I'm glad he's doing something about it. It's the Rob Black Show, 910 AM, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Got a
1: This is Rob Black on 910 AM. It's a show primarily about money, but it's about a lot of other stuff, too. And if there's anything about it you don't like, it might be about your mama. Rob doesn't sell anything. He's not trying to get you to buy something. He's just telling you what he thinks. The decisions you make about your money are up to you. If you do something stupid, it's not his fault. And if you buy something and make a gajillion dollars from it, nice work, genius. It's Rob Black on 910 AM. More stimulating talk.
2: Super long segment. We're typically halfway through. I need oxygen. 800 345 5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 345 5639. Want to comment on Evan Lowe? You think it's a good idea that we get politicians under the age of 30 who look like us? I think it's a great idea. It's, if nothing else, I don't know. Maybe it's not a great idea. I think it's a great idea, though. But anyway, 800-345-5639, 800-345-5639. I got an email from someone, and I don't want the email sounder for this yet. But he basically was chastising me. He goes, "Rab, you do a great show when you talk about stocks and the economy. And I want you to talk just about stocks and the economy. (laughs) I love it when people program me. Whether it's my program director or whether it's listeners, I ain't programmable. I'm broken. I can't be fixed. I'm damaged goods. I talk about stocks and investing at least five times during the show. I will give you a stock idea. If you need more than that, you have a sickness. Okay, let's talk about gold real quick. Interest-bearing checking accounts have done better than gold since 1980. So if you want safety, an interest-bearing checking account has done better than gold. Gold's best year in three decades has yet to match the returns of an interest-bearing checking account. For anyone who bought the most malleable metal of all time during the peak in 1980, investors paid $850 an ounce back then. They've earned 44% now as it's reached $1,226 an ounce. The S&P 500 produced a 22-fold better return. So the S&P 500 beat gold by 22 times. That's not double. That's 22 times. Treasuries up 11% during the same period of time. And even 2 to 3% in a bank account earned you more than gold. Now, there's a lot of people out there like, I own gold. I got out. Dwayne Beck says I own gold. I got to do it. Or Savage says I own gold. Or Rush Limbaugh says I own gold. Or name another radio show says I own gold. You know why they say that? Because they get paid a huge kickback. Not because it's investment advice. Now, again, Rush Limbaugh, he can give you advice on being politically to the right. Savage can give you advice on how to overthrow a government. Glenn Beck can give you advice on, I don't know, everything but investing. I like Glenn Beck. I think he's damn entertaining. But would I take investment advice from him? Uh-uh. I think um, psh, Wayne Newton, damn entertaining. But I want to take investment advice from him. It's a gold massive underperformer. Linda in Pleasanton. Linda?
3: Linda. You're going to make me sing gold
2: finger, Linda. Goldfinger. finger. And she's not there. The dial's not up. Hang up, Linda. Try again. This time, I don't know, put the phone up to your ear. Something went wrong. Okay. So let's talk about some other issues. Now, Okay. So gold underperformed the S and P 500 by 22 times since 1980. Okay, a Tennessee man homeowner's insurance. A Tennessee man homeowner's insurance clearly doesn't cover acts of cow. Now, again, I can't be making this up. Jerry Lynn Davis called the Hawkins County Sheriff's on Thursday, complaining that a neighbor's cow had been licking his house. In the process, he learned that the curious bovine did about $100 in damage by ripping off a screen window, cracking the glass, and pulling down a gutter. Now, his home is just a couple feet from a fence enclosing the cows into a pasture. They managed to poke their heads through and lick the house, though a deputy's report did not indicate what made the house so tasty. Cow licked the house, does damage. Guy calls his insurance company and says, does not cover act of cow. Now, your insurance doesn't cover an act of God, as you probably well know. But it should be noted that you've got to study, you have to study What's in your insurance policy and not? If you just signed, you're a monkey. If you don't read contracts that you sign, you're a monkey and you need to be put to sleep. Sorry, just my opinion. You got to make sure that your home has adequate insurance. You got to know what's covered and what's not. For instance, I got a tree in my backyard that may fall on a, a neighbor's house. Is it covered or not? You damn well better know that I know that. Because it's going to fall on my neighbor's house at some point in time. I got a neighbor's tree that's going to fall on my house at some point in time. And I know if I'm covered and or not. Now, insurance is one of those things you don't need until you need it. But by then, it's often too late unless you're adequately protected. Now, mortgage companies require a basic homeowner policy, right? And because insurance protests and it protects the underlying collateral of your mortgage, lenders can go as far as to say that if you foreclose, you refuse to carry insurance. Now, There are all kinds of other coverage over and above standard homeowner insurance. For instance, flood. Home in areas with high risk of flooding, they have a 1% or greater chance of flooding in any given year. That's 1% or greater is a flood zone. It translates into a 26% chance of flooding during the 30-year mortgage. Now, it's got to be covered by flood insurance. These days, that's roughly three to four mortgages, three out of four mortgages. Now, flood can be anywhere that it rains. In fact, 25% of all floods claims occur in moderate to low-risk flood areas. And just a few inches of water can lead to thousands, thousands, thousands of dollars of damage. Flood insurance up to 250000 can be purchased through um, a relatively inexpensive add-on to your insurance contract. So, you got to wait 30 days for it to go into effect. There's umbrella insurance, there's valuables insurance, there's other insurance just than your homeowner's insurance. Umbrella? You don't have to be a millionaire to be sued like a millionaire? If you find yourself on the wrong end of a legal battle, your homeowner, automobile, or watercraft policies may not be enough to cover what an uh, unsympathetic judge jury might award, I've got umbrella insurance. And I had to convince them that I'm not really that kind of media star because media stars can't have umbrella insurance. Because if, like, you say you go kidnap Tom, um, Tom Cruise's kid, his his insurance isn't going to cover. It. It's, an umbrella policy will cover everything that your insurance doesn't cover. And you can get a one million to five million dollar in protection, relatively cheap, but it can only be used once your other insurance has been exhausted. Valuables. I've got valuables in my home: artwork, musical instruments, I got sporting equipment. I got golf clubs. I got coins. I got firearms. I got silver stuff that may not be it, those. That's tied towards a personal articles floater. It's not just your basic homeowners insurance. It's crazy, right? Lots of stuff that you got to get insured. So the man in Tennessee who had a cow lick his house and do damage learned that an act of cow not covered. Let's go to Linda in Pleasanton. Linda,
3: Hi Rob. I hate my iPhone. It dropped the call on me. It does that all the time when I'm in my house.
2: I hate your iPhone too.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. It's I'm okay. calling about what do I do about my fixed income portfolio? You know, I looked at my bank statement. Point eight percent. I know there are other. Are there? You know strateg- strata- stratifications of besides bonds. Anyway, I'll let you answer it from here. I'm rambling.
2: I don't know what, what's in your fixed income.
3: What can I do with? No. I have I have a lot of cash.
2: Okay, and what what sort of return are you looking for?
3: Well, like you said, six to ten percent.
2: I did not say six to ten percent. I said six percent.
3: Okay, six percent. I would be happy with four to six percent.
2: Okay, four to six is a, re- a real number which you can get. Um, Linda, do you? How old are you? Sixty-one. Sixty-one. So is this, you're not working anymore? No. Nope. Okay. And how much money do you have if you were to sell everything but the house? A million. A million. So you need $40,000 ultimately from that million. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you have anyone that you work with in the industry? No. Are you afraid to work with people? No. Okay. I would strongly suggest working with someone, Linda, first and foremost. If you don't feel comfortable with it, um... I would study everything you can on income portfolios. You want them diversified. For instance, you probably want some municipal bonds in there to get higher yield. Um, you probably want some AT&T or Verizon to get 5 to 6% uh, with a little bit of principal exposure on the downside and a little bit on the upside. Um, I like individual bonds, Linda. I, I don't like bond funds. Uh, with that said, when we get into a rising interest rate environment— a bond fund would be a good place to go because that bond fund would likely rally for you. And we should be in an interest rate environment where we're raising rates sometime late next year, if not mid to late next year, maybe all the way to 2011. But we should see rates start creeping higher. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question well enough. Um, I would stay away from automobile bonds. If you had to do an automobile bond, I'd do someone like Ford. Uh, I Bond picking is, e- is easy for bond brokers. Um, you can see the relative risk fairly easily, although Morningstar and, and Moody's has done a pretty crap job at times uh, uh, rating debt and rating risk debt, and they tend to come you know after the fact and change those ratings. So for income, I would look at some foreign bonds, uh, but again, you probably need someone in the professional industry to help you with those, to pick individual bonds that, that suits you and your needs and payout schedules um, I would stay away from CDs and money markets. I just don't think you're going to do well there. Um, I think a Vanguard or a Fidelity Ginnie Mae fund, or if you want to find another Ginnie Mae fund, I think that's more than appropriate, so take a look. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. And of course, I don't hate Linda's cell phone. Um, if you need a referral, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. Now, Intel said something kind of interesting today. See, I weave in investing with social commentary, with financial planning issues. Intel said they plan to move a new semiconductor market. It suffered a setback. They're canceling the first chip based on the novel design dubbed Larrabee. So Intel has what's called a product roadmap, and you can go to Intel's website and see their roadmap. You can go to a lot of great sites like Tom's Hardware or Sharky Extreme and see what the new gadgets and new technologies are out there. So Larabie was this project that Intel was working on for months and months and months and months and months. It's a high-profile product. It could have really hurt NVIDIA, and it really could have hurt ATI. Uh, not ATI, excuse me. AMD, which owns ATI. The high-profile product Intel had called uh, for since basically April 2007. It was expected to generate complex graphics for video games and carry out their high-performance computing chores. I spent... Probably four hours this week in playing some video games, Modern Warfare 2. Enjoyed it. Had a good time. Uh, What did I do? I took over an oil platform. I blew up some terrorists. um, I freed some hostages. Kind of escaped reality. I don't much care for the NFL. I watched some college football on Saturday. Uh, TV during the December months is awful. So, yeah, I do a little escapism with video games, no doubt about it. So, Intel makes these semiconductors that I'm using called graphic processors, GPU. Now, Intel is saying Larrabee was designed for this, but they're, they're, they're giving up on it. The technology threatened to open a new front in competition from NVIDIA, ticker symbol NVDA, and AMD, ticker symbol AMD. Intel had promised to deliver the first version of Larrabee in 2009, then pushing it to 2010. You're listening to 9:10 a.m. Oakland, San Francisco, more stimulating talk. So Intel said that it's decided not to offer the chip as a conventional product, though Intel will make it available as a platform to help programmers design new applications that can carry out computing tasks in parallel fashion. Now the silicon and software development are behind what they had hoped at this point to be the project. The company does not say anything more about Larrabee, but it's been canceled. The project's been canceled. So who's the big winner? Well, Intel's not going to spend money on research and development, so their profits will look a little bit better. They're still going to make lots of money. And they're not researching and developing a product that's not being sold, so their profits will look better. AMD was upgraded today to outperform over at Bernstein. Target, $12. It's $7.86 stock. Now, why is it, again, do you see the story here, or you, do you see that the market's made up of winners and losers? Intel says we're going to cancel one product, and holy mackerel. AMD's a winner today, and NVIDIA's a winner. you got to know who the players are. This is not a game. Ooh, this is a lot of homework and a lot of research. 800-345-5639. It's sad. It's pathetic that Lyndon Pleasant's the only call that we've had today. I'm more stimulating than a big old vibrator in Ron Owens. And yet, no one's calling. 800-345-5639. I like the idea of Ron Owens holding a vibrator. I don't know why. It's just funny to me. Okay, Christmas. Let's talk about Christmas. Christmas. What a waste of money Christmas is. Because people who give presents overestimate how much we really want them. I've told this story hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times before. Best gift I've ever gotten was a Muppet movie CD. In 35 plus years of being on this planet, I've gotten one gift that I said is the best gift I've ever gotten. Honestly, I can't remember the other gifts. I honestly can't, I remember friends and family and loved ones, and I love my friends and family and loved ones, but the best thing you can do for me is don't buy me a tie, don't buy me a gadget, unless you're going to buy me Amazon's Kindle, which I'm still waiting for one of my faithful blackheads to get me, but ah, no, it still hasn't come. Shows you how much you really love me. I bet Ron Owens got a Kindle. I bet one of his 93-year-old, pestilent, crap-in-his-pants, diaper-wearing fans got him a Kindle. But me, nothing. Nada. Not even a nude photo. You're the least giving audience I've Hello, seen. this is okay. Hank Acker.
1: I'm elderly, and I would like Bob Black to
2: know that he's right on. So Christmas is a waste of money because we give gifts that people don't really want. I always give something like a, a good bottle of whiskey, uh, good cigars, uh, maybe... Uh, a vacation to somewhere fun and sexy for a married couple. Uh, because it gets used. I like giving gifts that people use in a practical, functional kind of way, but I don't know. So CDs, don't get me. Someone got me the CD of John Mayer a couple of years Oh, Cheryl Cassoni got me that. She was my co-host on TV in the first year. I, I gave it away. I, I I was like, I jokingly gave it to like a secretary within 10 minutes. Like, I didn't need that. Anyway, the way we celebrate Christmas around the developed world... It's with an orgy of what's called value destruction. It vaporizes $25 billion a year. People value items they receive as gifts 20% less than the dollar. So, you know, it's like giving me a gift certificate. Give me a gift certificate to Borders, and I'm all, no, screwed. I don't want to go to Borders. You want to give me $50? Give me $50. Don't let me spend it on, on strippers and cigarettes and whatever I want to spend it on. Don't make me go to borders just because you think books are good gifts. Anyway, there's an economics professor at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School. And he uh, wrote a book called Scrooge, Scroogeonomics. Why you shouldn't buy presents for the holidays. His findings use surveys of people that receive gifts. It prompts about $65 billion spending on gifts and a jump in retail sales in Europe, Japan, and the United States. Now, givers who are in less frequent contact with recipients tend to do a lot worse. So if you're going to give gifts to someone, make sure it's someone you know well. People can also choose to ignore the holidays completely because of exchange and presents is such an ingrained social practice. And the joy of giving is also a reason to offer presents. Givers may not want to provide something that exactly that what's wanted. So anyway, do me a favor. Cash is the best gift. If you really want to give gifts, cash. Let's go to Paul in San Francisco. Paul?
3: Yeah, Rob, well, I wish you commend your uh, decision on publishing 13. up. Uh, there are some bad things about it, and there's an organization out there that just wants no changes in Proposition 13 forever. It's called Jarvis Gann, and uh, I voted against Proposition 13 a long many years ago. And uh, can you have any comments on that?
2: Proposition 13. Yes. You know, it's funny. I can make the phone ring by saying I hate Proposition 13, um, but it's almost it's almost useless. The state of California is a laughingstock, and people will will protect Proposition 13 with their their dying breaths. I think it was a great concept that has lost its will and lost its way. And thanks for the call. All you have to do is take a look at a state called Texas. Texas is just as big as, the United States, uh, it's just as, big as California. It's got just as much of an immigration problem as, as California does. And they're not $40 billion in the hole. They're not running deficits. Their school systems get better grades than we do. What's the difference between us and Texas? Prop 13. That's the major number one, plus their legislators, a part time legislation, plus they rush people in Texas. Don't mess around in Texas. They rush people to the head of the line for the death penalty. I love Texas. Again, I am pro death penalty Um, in large part. Let's say you kill three or four people. I think you deserve to die. Call me crazy, but I think you deserve to die. I, I don't believe in forgiving that person in Texas. They now have a law in place that basically moves you to the front of the line for the death penalty if they see you kill three or more people. No, if there's witnesses to see you killing. If no, 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 no. I'm getting this wrong. If more than three people see you commit a heinous act, they put you in the front of the line for the death penalty. They got the death penalty, and they use it. I think we should model ourselves more after Texas. So I think Prop 13 is an awful program. I think it was a great program when it was put in place. I drive around my neighborhood in San Carlos, and I see people who are 95 years old driving. They are a risked society. They need to be turned into food and eaten. They need to be go go away. But no, because they got prop thirteen, they stay in their house. And then the sickness is they give it to their kids. There's a woman in radio, and I'll just say her name's Kimberly. She lives with her mom and dad, and her mom and dad eventually going to die, and they're going to give her that house, and she's going to prop thirteen in it. So the house will be paid off because of mom and dad, not because of anything she did. She won't have to pay taxes, and she lives in a house in California. She gets the same firefighter, same uh, educator. She gets the same thing that I do. I think Prop 13 is a sickness. I think it's twisted. I think it can be grandfathered out. I think uh, Prop 13 is abused by commercial leases. For instance, there's a, a place in San Carlos called Vix, and a, a realtor called me, and he's like, you know, hey, we could just have property management transfer that Prop 13 to you, so you can pay the same, same price as someone else does. Now, I'm like, that's crap. It should be revalued. Uh the loophole should it be for commercial properties. 800 345 5639 Okay, so there's my opinion on Prop thirteen. Let's go to John in Menlo Park. John. Hey Rob, how are you? I'm okay at best. Well, good for you. I'm very well, you know, i I'm, okay. I'm very Monday.
0: Well, I just drove over the uh hill from Capitola. It was all snowy. It was kind of fun.
2: Yeah, it's kinda hey, of of was- nice. Kind of nice to get a little wintry weather.
0: Kind of nice, kind of yeah. kind of different. Well, my question for you is this. Since the market hit its absolute bottom, and uh, I now wear a, a big red C on my shirt for capitulation and got out, and then watched the market recover and now sit here today thinking it just can't keep going up because the fundamentals of the economy don't seem wonderful, albeit, you know, companies seem to be making higher profits. And I'm just sitting here uh watching and watching and watching waiting for the right time to begin uh investing again and and you've asked others you know you invest on your own or through people and i would say i'm a through other people investor but just still uh scared burned whatever it is
2: i wish you were listening to this show in march because i was pounding the table that you got to be buying stocks not selling stocks um and I think we go higher from these levels. I'm not telling you to buy right now. I think we got 9 easy months in the stock market on horrible comparisons because this year this time a year ago we were in a recession. Now we're not in a recession. So the numbers are going to look a lot better. And Friday's disappointing response to a strong jobs report weakness early Monday. It's got some people thinking, you know, the end of the bull market, but that's exactly when you say that's what we need to go higher because I'll tell you, and thanks for the call, it's it's that kind of skepticism that rallies have further to go when people try to be right. I stopped trying to be right. I stopped it. The juxtaposition of strong upside price action, continued skepticism, outright bearishness by people like you, it's a bullish sign because people, we bought pet rocks in the 1970s. We're not very smart. So when people are starting to say it's going to do this or it's going to do that, It's the time to do the opposite. If March was the moment of despair, when bearishness reached its apex, sentiment is currently in the disbelief stage. Now, dumb money. Through October, equity mutual fund net worth outflows of $1.9 billion. To date, while bond funds had inflows of about $312 billion. So there's about $10 billion of inflows into inverse funds that short the market. Now, if not even that money is not coming off the sidelines, it's betting against the market. Now, magazine indicators. In 1982, a Business Week cover declared the death of equities. Perhaps the most famous time to buy of all time. Now, Time Magazine uh, said recently why it's time to retire the 401k. So, in Newsweek, they recently said boom and gloom. So, there's a lot of guru chatter right now. And my opinion is, I think we can get to 1200 on the S&P 500, maybe 1250, maybe 1300 by this time next year. And again, a lot's going to depend on the employment numbers. I'm not going to say it's definitively going to happen, but I see any sort of pullback in the market as a buying opportunity for the next nine months because the comparisons are so freaking easy. Now, after that, I'm going to have a different story for you. I'll tell you what that story is when we get there, when I see what we're dealing with with inflation, what we're dealing with the, the interest rates, what we're dealing with with stimulus. Anyone who's willing to predict anything and be definitive about it, they're monkeys, Anyone who's a market timer is a monkey. Show me one market timer worth a million dollars. They don't exist. 800 345 5639. It's 800 345 5639. It's Rob Black Show. Coming up. Coming up. I got Janet. She's on the phone. I got Edgar Allan Poe and his investments. I got Richard Branson and Boeing. I got a Mexican phone company that you're going to want to look into. 800 345 5639. It's Rob Black Show. Nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk.